I love those little spots on the side of the road that you kind of drive yeah. past. They're always so, so good. When my wife and I did a road trip from Vancouver all the way down to uh, San Diego, and there was times where we would we were on some like random road in the middle of Oregon, maybe I don't know. And, like, and this was before the time of like GPS on your phones. Like we were using a TomTom to do it, and so I have no idea where we were. I would never be able to find it, and even if I did, who knows if it still exists? So, yeah, just some uh, of the greatest memories come from that. Oh yeah, I almost wonder if it's like you just don't have any expectation, and then it, you're just blown away. Like that's certainly I'm sure part of it. Yeah, yeah, I have so many memories from previous road trips of just oh we're hungry oh there's a place right here that serves food let's just pull in and then just those being some of the best experiences oh, yeah. and the worst part is you can never go back because you don't know where they were <laughs> <laughs> welcome to taste bc radio where we're going on a journey to explore restaurants breweries wineries and just about anywhere where we can eat or drink local I'm Jeff. And I'm Dan. And we are talking twice a month about local BC food and drink. If you want to join in on the conversation, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at TasteBCRadio. Or email us at host at TasteBCRadio.ca. All right, tasters. Let's get into it. All right, Dan. Happy November, the forgotten month. Yes. We were literally just saying, uh, remember, remember the 5th of November. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's coming up. Um, It is, yeah. And, well... We're recording this before Halloween, so uh, do you have any before. plans for tonight? <laughs> uh, um, well, it's our son's uh, first Halloween, so we're going to be handing out candy. Last year, we got 140 kids, we counted. At our t- oh, my goodness. And we actually probably would have gotten more if uh, we didn't run out of candy and had to shut down shop for the night. Wow. So, yeah, it's... Uh, I guess our neighborhood is just very flat and there's lots of families around and um, we were hearing from other neighbors that a lot of like families from around the area, not like directly in the neighborhood, but will drive and park right. by the school and do trick-or-treating around here as well. So yeah. how about you guys? Uh, we are going to try to hand out candy for the first time. Um, we just got a small box. We have a kind of overlook onto the walkway and like nice. our, our garden patio kind of over like you can it has like a like a little two foot fence and then a one foot ledge yeah and so we figure we'd be able to get a couple couple kids some candy f- over the edge there and just kind of take it easy watch a spooky movie or something nice. and uh and yeah like we we didn't know what to expect last year but there was tons of kids going through the the walkway in front of our place i think i've mentioned it before it's not a road yeah that we're on we're on a walkway so yeah tons of kids in that area oh, and perfect a bunch of con- condos in our area so um yeah i think a lot of young families yeah. come here because it's um well condensed amount of doors to knock on and <laughs> yeah. fl- pretty flat like you said so that's awesome yeah I th- yeah should be pretty good well i just uh we were looking up spooky movies to watch and mm-hmm. it was uh, one that popped up on netflix that looks super creepy but almost like a b-rated movie but it would be like it was called smile and it looks so creepy oh yeah it just has people you like, don't remember the ads for that oh i do uh, a couple years ago yeah and this is why i wanted to bring it up they uh, as part of their um advertising or marketing for it um they the producers sent people wearing like shirts that just say smile and then they were just smiling at baseball games and like we're like oh yeah i remember that <laughs> oh so creepy so they had a couple of pictures of the the fans in the stands and there's people random people just like doing these creepy smiles into the camera with these like smile and yeah. i was just like oh god that's so so unnerving um my wife and i just rewatched through all of well not rewatched some and and watched for the first time through all of the scream movies oh no way the, over the last week yeah and uh it's it's a f- pretty funny franchise yeah uh i gotta say it's like not funny haha but funny and just kind of interesting what they do with it and um just kind of all the really meta jokes about how you know it this is the pattern that uh you know, scary movies follow, and this is what the killer is trying to recreate. And a lot of the time, uh, my wife and I would be trying to like pick out, okay, well, we think it's this person, we think it's that person, and we we like as early as possible into yeah. the film. It's like oh, I'm pretty sure it's this person. Oh, and I love doing that too. It's really, yeah, it's really interesting because like they do a really good job of showing you or giving you hints of who it's going to be, mm-hmm. but they also do a good job of kind of dissuading those hints and uh, trying to you know point the finger in another direction and some movies are better some of the some of the movies in the series are better than others at you know trying to convince you as one person or another and like really trying to surprise you or not yeah 
Um, and uh, but overall, except for number four, they do a very, very good job. And number four is good; it's just not great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not as good. Yeah. At yeah. some point, I will say call- I think I, I will say I think that the the series is less good watching them all in quick succession. Oh, okay, really? Just because. One and two came out a year apart, and then there was a couple years before three, right. and then there was 11 years before four came Ooh, out, yeah. and then another 11 years before the kind of remake, oh, which boy. was five, but they called just Scream again. Right. Um, and so there's these these like weird time gaps in between, oh, and no. they, it goes into the storyline just fine, but the film style and the narrative style and like that kind of stuff just kind of jumps and it's really interesting to to watch that happen i was gonna say you um, probably notice like general almost generational changes between like director style yeah. and uh and uh more modern style of horror movies yeah as time exactly goes on. but but i do think that even through every iteration of it uh they stay very true to the the theme of it right. and i i really appreciate that and i think that uh a lot of franchise movies will stray pretty far away by the time they get past you know the first three or whatever and so you know i i recommend it i think it's i think it's great nice. <laughs> i always yeah. like the uh there's so many uh the, the movies that uh make fun of horror movies like the scary movie series who always make yeah. fun of scream <laughs> and i just find yeah. it very entertaining but i actually haven't i don't know if i've watched like the original scream before so i'll have to yeah i'll have to check that out is it on yeah. netflix well uh, the original one is, but nice. none of the rest of them are. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. The original is probably um, the best one. It's an absolute classic. Yeah, it's timeless. So. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> are you guys dressing up? Uh, no, not tonight. We yeah. dressed up this weekend. Nice. Uh, we went and uh, enjoyed some bevies <laughs> <laughs> and, and got all dressed up and had a great, yeah, it was a really fun time. We went to the Cobalt and um, fun. I, yeah, it's really small in there. And so like, it was a small but really like positive and like fun crowd. Nice. So, oh, that's yeah. exactly what you want. Perfect. Now, also in other news, we have the list of all the 2023 Beer Awards. Yes. BC Beer Awards. And there's some very familiar names on this list. <laughs> They're very, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. The big thing about this is there was almost 100 awards handed out, including bronze, silver, and gold for 29 separate categories. Mm-hmm. And a lot of breweries took home several a lot of breweries took on one or another in different categories and but what we want what i want to highlight at least dan is yep. that the innovator of the year goes to one of your favorite breweries small, small gods. gods yep uh rookie of the year goes to swift brewing which nice. i hadn't heard of but it looks like it just recently opened in Vic- victoria down in like oh right near yes. the water i haven't go- i haven't so, had a chance to go yet yeah you're gonna have to head out there and uh See what Report all the fuss is about. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Brewery of the Year was Twin Cities in Port Alberni. And Best in Show was Hoyne Brewery. And all of those are on the island, except Ooh. for uh, Judge's Choice was Moody Ales, but that was a beer-specific, not a brewery-specific yes. uh, award. The island is just crushing it this year. Yeah, really incredible. A lot of these ones you've talked about uh, extensively. Yes. and. Uh, you're gonna have to report back on Swift Brewing. Yes, I definitely will. It's been on my list for a while. I just unfortunately haven't been able to find some time to get out there. And uh, but yeah, I'll, uh, it's uh, gonna be higher on my list of things to do very like very soon. Especially if they're winning awards uh, like Rookie of the Year, and they, yeah, they like yeah. just opened like in August, I think, or July. Yeah. So in this summer, they just opened. So a yeah, true awesome. Rookie of the Year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, there was some uh, some really good uh, amount of awards for Steel and Oak, which won two golds and a bronze for its beers. And then also I saw Herald Street, which is co-founded by Steel and Oak, uh, took a, at least one medal on its own as well. Yeah. Uh, Dagrad took a ton of awards, uh, four silvers and a bronze. So Oof, no surprise there. Brilliant. Yeah. And, and they actually won silver and bronze in the same category for Belgian lager or something like that. Oh. Yeah, I wanted to bring up this up to you. Um, I didn't have had a chance to look it up yet, but uh, is 30, 33 brew, Brewing Experiment, is that part of 33 Acres? Or uh, 33, uh, yeah, 33 Acres. 33 Acres and 33 and a half Experimental is two, they're two side by side attached to the same building. Oh. And they, I don't know if they run as independent breweries or not, but they're definitely the same company and they... Yeah. Um, they work together, but if you actually ever go to 33, um, you go into 33 or you go into 33 and a half. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. I, I noticed that. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. So I think that it might just be kind of like their experimental line. Oh, okay. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I noticed that uh, the toasted coconut black lager won specialty fruit beer, the Field House. Sure we did. Had yeah, that, from Field House. We had that the other, not that long ago, and is absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah. So, so good. Yeah, it's so good, and it's so well-rounded, and has just like, it just has everything, which is incredible. So. Oh, yeah. Into one. Yeah. Well, congratulations to all of the winners of medals and other awards. Uh, really, really great to see this really um, diverse list and yeah. so many different names on here. I know a, a, there were a few that took home several awards, which is fantastic for them. But it it was really cool to see. Uh, I, I was really excited to get a list of places I need to go try. Yeah, <laughs> from this list. Yeah, there's a few uh, names on there that I don't recognize that I've had to look up and. It's good. Yeah. Like you said, it's a diverse list. It doesn't seem that, but there are some like mainstays like Hoyne, Dark Matter, One, um, again, uh, uh, again, which I mean, it's a, it's a staple. Uh, the Killer Kolsch won again the gold for, uh, from Li- Love Shack Libation, which is, if you've yeah. ever had their Killer Kolsch, oh, oh, more of a yeah. summer and beer, but still. Just what an absolute incredible showing from breweries on the island no kidding we're we're setting the uh the standard here i think uh the vancouver brewery's (laughs) got to step it up a little (laughs) (laughs) um yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh so bad so mad. yes they do, yes, they do. <laughs> now uh we will link to this article from the cbc in the show notes so if you want to check it out for yourself uh just head on to the show notes and take a list it's mostly just a, a recap of all the awards and who won them uh one two three and then a couple of them also have an honorable mention so mm-hmm. go take a look for yourself now so, so we're kind of switching it up this week uh i don't know if we have we done a specific coffee show before like we have very We've early on. One. Yes, that's right. Um, and right. I did a coffee that doubled as, or that was also a bit of a, a market, and you did a market that had a coffee shop. So That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. Perfect. So it's one that we haven't done for a long time in the show. and uh, That's right. You know, it's the way that we all wake up in the morning, and uh, a good cup of coffee really sets the tone for the day, I find. I don't know about you, but... Oh, yeah. No, it's it's the first thing I do every morning is make myself and my wife a coffee. Absolutely. Yeah. We even have a grinder at home. So we grind our beans in the morning or the night before, usually, mm-hmm. um, before we put our son to bed and because uh, it's loud and I don't want to wake him up. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we have it ready and dripping for uh, when we get out of bed. That sounds so appealing, Dan. <laughs> you could could have chosen any other combination of adjectives that would have sounded better than that. <laughs> I need to get like a thesaurus uh, or something. <laughs> uh, the aroma fills the room as you enter the kitchen. Yes. For your warm cup of deliciousness. Yes. Nectar yeah. of the gods. <laughs> yeah, as long as you don't forget it in the microwave like I did that one time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Okay, well, I have a great little story for you about a coffee shop that is just about to turn a year old. Wow. Um, and the cafe is called To Live For. And some of our listeners may have heard of it before. They're, uh, like I said, opened a, in the first week of November last year. And so they're just about to reach one year uh, on Nanaimo Street in East Vancouver. And To Live For started as a bakery. And unusually, uh, they actually changed their name from when they first started. So I'm going to take you all the way back to the beginning. Mm. There was uh, a woman named Erin Ireland, and she was in broadcasting, and she liked to bake on her own, and she had a specialty for herself that was a banana bread. And according to her own reports, she would use it as a cheap way to offer gifts and thank yous to people by baking this banana bread. And it got so popular among people that knew her that she ended up actually carrying a loaf around with her in her purse a lot of the time, just in case she bumped into someone and wanted to give them a loaf of banana bread. (laughs) And after gaining a tremendous amount of traction and getting actually a review from a Michelin star chef 
and she also signed a deal with the Canucks, the Vancouver Canucks. Wow. Eventually, she got a call from Dragon's Den, and one thing led to another, and she ended up opening up this bakery called To Die For. Uh, to Die For worked out of a commissary. They distributed through uh, coffee shops and various other locations that would sell baked goods. Uh, she would sell the loaves, and those coffee shops would slice them and sell them by the slice, or she would sell by the slice, whatever. Anyway, and for... From from opening uh, until last year, that was the entire business model was selling through other people, uh, coffee shops primarily. Anyway, as her baking expanded, so did her Instagram popularity and social media presence and just kind of community presence in general. And she became very well known on Instagram. And uh, again, according to Erin herself, she posted a Instagram picture of her using free range eggs and she was really proud of the fact that she was using free range eggs and uh someone replied and said you know it would actually be even better if you used no eggs (laughs) (laughs) and uh one thing led to another and she ended up going through the whole vegan wormhole and uh i've mentioned on the in the past that a lot of vegans in the vancouver community can be really intense um she did the opposite. She led very much with positivity. She grew uh, a following in term in veganizing popular recipes from the city, different restaurants that people knew, like classic dishes from. Um, and she actually slowly started transitioning her bakery. Uh, I don't have the exact date, but it was around 2017 to be all vegan. And she's other than that, she stuck with her uh, well-established recipes of, um, you know, uh, tried and true recipes that she's uh, proven time after time and have been sold for years. And she transitioned with experimentation of how to replace the eggs and replace the dairy in her products. And uh, nobody noticed. And she was able to keep relative price parity as well. Wow. So that they didn't just jump in price all of a sudden going to uh, the grocery store, they're going to the coffee shops for the consumer, the end consumer. One of the things that she does very well is she comes up with these recipes or, or builds upon these recipes to create just these incredible baked goods, uh, croissants like you wouldn't find anywhere else in the city except maybe a, a proper patisserie from a French baker. Um, and those went on to continue her growth and get support from people that already liked her products and also were in the vegan community uh, having access to all these these products around um, any and all coffee shops that that distributed them. Some of the biggest local coffee shop chains carry her goods. So a couple years ago, uh, she decided that to die for was kind of contrary to the whole message that she was trying to, um, uh, the whole message that she was trying to convey uh, because the whole point was like reduce cruelty, reduce death, etc. And she changed the name of her company to to live for. And it's very interesting because usually once you have a company that's well established as, as a brand, the last thing you want to do is change your branding, yeah, no <laughs> uh, let alone change the name. But it was very successful for her. Um, I, f- I don't know. I don't know if there was an internal debate, but it definitely seemed to uh, succeed right away. Changed some of her branding. Lots of stickers now are really pushing like the to live for. And it was kind of um, symbolic. Uh, or, or, it, it was great symbolism to the uh, transition that she made uh, for her, her company, and her family uh, a few years prior. Um, then she started doing some um, conventions, like plant-based conventions, vegetarian conventions, even regular ones, and was able to pinpoint a location that she wanted to open a cafe. And this was kind of like working out of a commissary, you're renting a space and you're sharing it with other people. What she was able to do by getting this cafe started or this space was now this is a dedicated kitchen to to live for bakery. And you know that all of the goods that are being brought in are within the ethical framework that you're trying to do. They know that you're avoiding particular allergens that you might be trying to avoid. Um, all of that that kind of stuff. And you can kind of leave your stuff how you want it and don't have to you know, share with other people. And so uh, at the same time, you also get to, you know, serve the customer directly and produce uh, a vast range of things that you wouldn't be able to sell kind of in individual packages to um, 
coffee shops and stuff. So now not only selling full banana loaves and cakes and, and whatever else, you can also sell the individual uh, Chris sandwich or breakfast sandwich or whatever else. So, yeah. and coffees, of course. Uh, anyway, so she was looking for kind of, a, you know, small space, um, you know, maybe off the beaten path a little bit, whatever. And through some convincing from her uh, partner and real estate agent, she ended up finding a new build and uh, basically got kind of a purpose-built space out of this uh, mixed-use building, which is, you know, residential on top and commercial on the bottom, mm-hmm. um, in a neighborhood in Nanaimo, which is just north of First Street. So it's super accessible to most people. Um, lots of development happening in that area. Um, so, it's you know, you're starting to get the foot traffic and, and everything. And early November last year, finally opened this location. And they sell, you know, fresh baked croissants and muffins and scones. And uh, they make coffee with um, oat milk as a default. But you have other options as well. And um, it has just been met with rave reviews. And I finally was able to go check it out a few days ago. And they had uh, a really nice, bright, elegant space. And then windows, probably six, five or six foot windows into the bakery where you can see all the goods being baked by the bakers every day. And so they have that full operation happening. And that's part of the ambiance of of the the cafe itself where you can go and sit there's like a little kids table with uh mini seats and toys and then there's you know a little bit of seating around really bright kind of more modern industrial look with like exposed concrete and stuff like that and then just and yeah and you can watch the the baker and all the staff are super nice and very you know east fan um (laughs) style (laughs) all that (laughs) stuff so one of the things that finally drew me there was they released a uh, plant-based sausage that they put onto their um, breakfast sandwiches. So it went from um, like a fake egg and uh, dairy-free cheese kind of breakfast sandwich to now having this, you know, sausage as well. And I asked one of the staff members, I wasn't able to get a, an exact answer on whether or not it's actually made in-house or not, but the staff member believes that the... Um, that the base is brought in and then they add some spices and form it and shape it into kind of the sausage that they, they want it to be. Um, and it was delicious. Uh, I got a breakfast sandwich with, you know, their made English muffins and it had, you know, the cheese and sausage and um, the egg on it. And it was very, very flavorful. But I will say what I enjoyed more was uh, cheese and onion scone. And it was this beautiful, like just, just before golden scone about, you know, two inches across a drop scale style scone. So it's like, you know, like puffy like this, like the top of a muffin kind of, um, with really like kind of rigid edges, which is really delicious. You get a lot more flavor out of it that way with green onion and then some cheese kind of worked into it. And then in every scone that I've had so far, which has been three, uh, (laughs) there's, um, always one spot with like a bigger chunk of cheese and it's like this little like gold mine that you find when you're working your way through and it's just absolutely delicious so um huge huge win there they take a lot of pride in the coffee that they make as well very high caliber um every drink is made to order they actually are steaming it properly they you know take the time to make sure that the coffee is roast uh, is pulled perfectly and has good flavor they're super well balanced drinks my wife had a pumpkin spice latte from there and said it was really good said it's the only pumpkin spice latte she's ever enjoyed wow yep. <laughs> which is which is saying a lot because you know pumpkin spice is quite popular among certain demographics uh <laughs> um i had a dirty chai uh the first time I went in, which is a chai latte with espresso in it, and the one oh my thing God, that you and my you and my wife are like the same. Yeah, person. yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. She's been loving dirty. Chai yeah, so days. it's really good because um, <laughs> well, the problem I have with dirty chai is a lot of the time it can it can actually end up being pretty bitter, um, and not bitter in like a good coffee way, but bitter in a there's this chai was balanced well and then you added espresso to it and so it doesn't really sit right um but this one was yeah the attention to detail was very good and um really well balanced i enjoyed it a lot um my wife also had a matcha from there and it looked really well made as well 
high quality matcha, uh, which can be chunky or can be like really grassy, but uh, she said it was, it was very good. So um, they also do some soft serve and you can buy actual loaves of, you know, sourdough or the bread or the banana bread or whatever. And you can order cakes ahead of time. Um, One thing I've been meaning to try since I've been there is the croissants. I don't know if you've ever watched the Instagram videos where they make like really fancy croissants and it's not like the Pillsbury Doughboy where there's like a little bit like, like two layers coming out, but like they roll it up like super like delicately and there's, you know, like really, really super flaky and you can see like 18 ridges along the croissant as it goes and there's no curvature to it. It's just kind of like the straight across like football shaped ones that those are, uh, always mouthwatering and i have yet to get one which i'm i'm not entirely sure why but but because the last couple of times i got the uh scone and and a breakfast sandwich so maybe that's why but fair enough yeah they do a little bit of like pizza like <laughs> like flatbread style pizza where you have like a, a square of flatbread with some tomato sauce and some toppings on it that was typically i would expect it to taste kind of like a like a pizza pretzel and and be like good but not not great Uh, this was really really good Mm. super flavorful and uh the tomato portion of it was really juicy but not in like a fake pizza sauce so you could tell it's made from just really real tomatoes and that's kind of a staple for her so um the whole life of to live for her bakery or even when it was to die for bakery uh she's kind of prided herself on using real ingredients and not taking shortcuts in the name of profit which i know is something you're particularly passionate about one yes. kind of key example going back to the banana bread is she, as she got more and more integrated into the food community and the baking community she discovered that there is an option that a lot of bakeries will use to get canned bananas which even in all my time of cooking, I've never discovered canned bananas and it sounds, kind of sounds disgusting. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they peel every single banana that goes into their banana bread and they hand mash it in their mixer. Well, I guess they machine mash it in their mixer, but but yeah. as they make it and that attention to detail carries through every single thing that they produce all the way from the original banana bread to the cafe latte that you that you get when when you walk in and and need to pick me up Mm. so the only complaint i have about the place is just a structural complaint the doors open inward which is a very unusual for a commercial building and my theory is because that way they were able to get a little bit more space out of the building and have it right up against the property line and so if it were to open outward it would obstruct the sidewalk which Uh. is totally fine and there's like labeling and it's perfectly like normal to to see like a pull label on the on the door or whatever but every time i try to yeah. leave i walk right into the door and try to push it open <laughs> and so <laughs> and so maybe well i need another coffee maybe aaron if you listen to this you can uh uh figure out a, a way that when it's not too cold out, we just keep the door propped open. And, you know, maybe maybe you do. Or maybe they do. I, I don't know. I, I haven't been there in the summer, unfortunately. But Just to save Jeff <laughs> from uh, walking into the door. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it's really great. Um, every time I've been, even on, you know, the middle of a weekday, it's it's bumping busy. So really great. Oh, yeah. Really great place to go uh, check out. Uh, even if you're not vegan or vegetarian, I definitely suggest checking it out um, and getting you know, the croissants or the some of the baked goods. And and get a latte, and then and watch the workers make the bread. <laughs> wow, what a yeah, place! Yeah, what a cool backstory as well. Just overall, and like she's obviously she took a couple risks uh, in her journey, and she has done an incredible job. Yeah, for sure. Like. Uh, if you're in the neighborhood or you feel like going on a little trip, uh, the address for to live for cafe and bakery is one five zero eight Nanaimo Street, and it's just not maybe five minutes off the highway one. Good location. All right, Dan, this is the part of the show where I get the pleasure of finding out what the heck you've been putting in that big old mouth of yours. (laughs) Oh, uh, wow. (laughs) Oh, so many comments that I want to make, but I can't. Um, (laughs) uh, So uh, I know we've been focusing on coffee today, but I honestly could not uh not talk about this uh drink that i had last night and uh, we've already mentioned the place and i can already kind of sense the eye roll because i've talked about this place quite a number of times but they keep like pumping out these unbelievable beers and small gods it is small gods but it's It's always small gods it is. It's always small gods. Uh, but that's because they keep doing amazing stuff, and clearly they're getting rewarded for it. 
<laughs> and uh, the beer I want to talk to you about is called Sea of Tranquility, and it's a collaboration with not another brewery, not another uh, restaurant, but a seaweed farm called Cascadia oh, Seaweed. So cool. the beer is called Sea of Tranquility, and it is a smoked dul- dulce stout. And oh my god, it was to die for. So I bet, yeah. The idea of it is that they use, so it's a classic style stout, uh, but they use both fresh dulce, is it dulce? Do you know the pronunciation? D-U-L-S-E? Yeah, I've always called it dulce. Dulce. Okay, so they both use both fresh dulce that was harvested the day of before they added it to the beer. And some smoked mm-hmm. dulse to add a little bit of uh, roastiness and smokiness to the beer. And uh, so what you get from this beer is this really light, easy drinking, uh, a little salty and a little like earthy tone all in this one beer. And it is really hard to, other than like the earthy tones, it's really hard to describe, but it's like salty, but not too salty, like earthy, but yeah. not too earthy. Like you still get a really nice uh really easy and smooth uh stout and but then there's just this added like depth from the dulce and uh, or dulce and um it just adds this really interest i don't think i've ever tried a beer quite like it um, yeah that's super cool what was it purple no it was a uh, ink black oh okay yeah and quite light in terms of carbonation so it really was uh aiming towards the smoothness and the easy drinking um I find like some some of these some like stouts that uh, that are flavored can almost get like an acidity to it, and I don't know why that would be. It's maybe just the uh, ingredients, but this is like the opposite. It is so smooth, right. uh, so easy to drink, um, and uh, such a, a really unique collaboration with a local company that looks like their the Cascadia seaweed is down the road from them like literally it's on the same street that the brewery's on um and so a little bit about cascadia seaweed is that they're uh obviously a seaweed farm and they their uh focus is sustainable low impact on the ocean seaweed farms that will be Mm -hmm. able to cultivate and use and to manufacture products um and that for the needs of like crops and livestock uh, farmers uh so it's a really really cool system and, and just reading a little bit about how they're doing business they really want to be a sustainable and inclusive company that so they work with indigenous communities to make sure that they're not uh, infringing on their on their areas and so it sounds like it's a really positive uh company overall so really yeah, really cool it, it, and a, uh, it looks like they are registered as an environmental group, not like a seaweed factory. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's really, really interesting. It uh, added a lot of beautiful depth to a fantastic uh, brewery and beer. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I thought you might like that because we were talking a couple, a few episodes ago about a uh, seaweed, uh, like having seaweed farms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And biodiesel. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, I just went to the careers page and there's nothing available right now, but I'm going to keep an eye on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Small gods. In- innovator of the year, man. And this is why, right? Like so many yeah. cool and amazing beers. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah. I'll link to uh, Cascadia Seaweed in the show notes as well. Absolutely. All right, Jeff. What have you been uh, shoving down your gullet this week? (laughs) (laughs) Well, on the theme of coffee, I am going to harken back to actually maybe in May uh, was the last time I I went to this place. But I um, so it's a bit of a lie. I haven't been tasting it recently. But (laughs) one of the studies I was doing in school was uh, talking about the development plan for Britannia, Mm -hmm. which is uh, about mm, maybe 20 minutes south of uh, Squamish on the on the Sea to Sky, mm-hmm. and Britannia was a mining, not even a mining town. It just it just was a mine, and there's a little bit of you know growth there. Uh, but they have they're developing a ten year plan for development and trying to become kind of like the new Squamish. And one of the things they're doing is putting in a uh, artificial surfing area. No, and it's going to be this big leap shaped pool, and it's going to have artificial waves so you can surf, and it's what? going to be created based on the time of day. It will be the t- like the skill level of the waves. Anyway, oh my god! Anyway, that's so cool. One of the things that has gone into Britannia is this kind of this hut. Well, actually, it's two huts on the side of the highway, uh, and it's called Outbound Station. 
And previously in that location was Galliano Coffee Roasters. So uh, following the same trend, uh, Outbound Station it has one hut that's a burger joint and one bu- one hut that's like a coffee shop. Hmm. And uh, what I'm, the burger joint has a drive-through, and it's the the whole company is produced by or was started by a young couple uh, in the area that. Um, one was a graphic designer, which you can tell immediately when you open the website. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they were inspired by an Ontario burger joint uh, where, you know, it's it's kind of like in the middle of nowhere, but it's just on the people's commute. And so people would stop by for a bite to eat while they're on their commute or, or whatever. Anyway, with the growing population in Squamish and the growing pop- popularity of Squamish, a lot of, and Whistler, people are making the commute up uh, through Britannia uh, more frequently than ever. And that's kind of where Outbound comes in. Anyway, uh, on one of my commutes to go up rock climbing, I was fancying a coffee and I saw Outbound and I kind of made an impulse decision, pulled over and and uh, jumped in into the little coffee shop, which was really elegant. And when I walked in, they were about to close up, actually. It was, it was later in the day. I guess I was on my way back. And I ordered a... Sh- shaken brown sugar espresso coffee and for some people who might be familiar with the starbucks equivalent of that drink um it was a very popular addition to their menu and i haven't seen anything like it on any other menu anyway i was blown away at the quality of this uh shaken brown oat uh coffee espresso and it was very it's very simple like it all all it really is is really nice espresso a little bit of milk and uh, like a brown sugar simple syrup. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you can do that with brown sugar or demerara sugar or whatever. But if you make a really nice one and then you shake it over ice like you would a martini or a, a cocktail, and then it gets really nice and foamy from the little bit of cream. And then the ice melts with the heat of the espresso, it gets really cold. And so you get this really, really delicate, um, lightly sweetened drink with like, a little bit of caramel and molasses notes from the brown sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get the really, the the coffee really punches through as a really prominent flavor. And then it's just smoothed out by the cream or oat milk or, or milk or whatever you, you put in there as your dairy or dairy alternative. Mm-hmm. It's not watered down enough that it kind of tastes like nothing, but it's watered down enough that it's not like drinking an espresso with a little bit of cream in it. So uh, it's kind of like a really nice alternative to a cold brew or something like that. It's got that better mouthfeel. It's um, anyway. Yeah, it was really incredible, really high quality beans that they used. Uh, the, the espresso was really nice, really nice flavor profile. The brown sugar syrup, it wasn't super sweet. I do believe that you had the option of doing half sweet and they they actually asked me um, if you don't like it too sweet, do it half sweet. And if that is a standard practice for them, I think that that's really great mm-hmm. uh, because the one that I had was absolutely perfect. And so um, I, would, I do suggest that if you're, if you're not a fan of like super sweet drinks yeah. and yeah, I, this, you know, little stop on the side of the highway was calling my name a couple times as we passed it. I'm like, Oh, I really like the design of that. It's just like an O and then a slash and an S or like, yeah. a, like an O and then an underline and then an S over to underneath it. Yeah. They've got like black and wood paneling on the outside of their stops and some picnic tables outside and whatever. And, and I finally got the chance to kind of as an impulse stop there and get this, this coffee. And I, I sure was glad I've taken a look at the burger menus as well. And they just look unbelievable. Yep. <laughs> um, they do, they do smash patties and they're just oh. like, really impressive flavor profiles i haven't had a chance to get in there but this coffee was worth the stop on its own and uh super friendly staff and uh yeah if you're on the sea to sky highway just make sure to stop in and even if you just get a, a coffee or or just a burger or whatever it's definitely worth the stop absolutely well and uh i get the uh i get why you said there uh was graphic designer involved yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just opened the uh the website and wow yeah it looks good <laughs> yeah all right, Dan, coffee me up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was not expecting that. Um, <laughs> well, here in Victoria, we're pretty blessed with quite a number of like small uh, uh, cafes or co- coffee shops as well that are independently owned. And uh, we have quite a number of uh, island-based roasters that supply a lot of these places as well, which is really great. Um, in my research, like 
trying to figure out which one I wanted to talk about, the one that I actually ended up choosing was not on my radar whatsoever, which is funny because I've been here like numerous times and I love it, but I just thought it was, it wasn't, I didn't, I uh, hadn't really done any research on it and I thought it was a chain to be honest. (laughs) And so much to my surprise, when I started doing research on it, this was blew me away. The The story behind this cafe is phenomenal. It is 100% family owned and um, and uh, based out of Victoria. And what an amazing story this is as well. Um, so the, the cafe is called Cafe Fantastico. And it was started, <laughs> it was founded by Ryan Taylor. And uh, believe it or not, and uh, now his wife, Christy Taylor, is, is also an owner. Um, believe it or not, this little coffee sh- this coffee shop started as a coffee cart so ryan when he was 18 years old had the ambition and the um uh and the know-how to start a business basically right out of high school and wow. and uh and he was um determined to uh create this business to bring people together to sit and enjoy like a cup of coffee together and have and so he got a lot of inspiration from a trip that he took when he was young to uh Japan and over there I guess it's really like common practice for people to come out of their houses and meet at a, a central location and just have like amazing co- uh conversations and one-on-one time with neighbors, families, friends all centered around a cup of coffee. And so that's where he brought his the that's what that's the idea that he um had to start this business and so he had was 18 and applying for a business license through the city of victoria for this coffee cart in the inner harbor and it was seasonal to begin with as uh for those who who don't know victoria is obviously a very highly tourist dense tourist dense uh city and like in the summer we have cruise ships come in and lots of people come to victoria to enjoy the scenery and uh and the inner harbor especially and, right. and in the winter you have uh, 200 days of rain exactly yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> which you always seem to forget about until the winter comes around anyway um <laughs> and uh so 18 years old he uh scrapes together some paper root money some small investors and i borrowed his parents credit card and started up uh, uh this wow. business and he had like porcelain cups from day one, which uh, I, I got a lot of this information from an Eat uh, magazine article. And it's just fascinating. Um, and so what he found was a lot of tourists, buskers and locals would come up to him and say, like, we've come here on right at the beginning of our trip and right at the end of our trip. This is our first and last stop uh, when we're here. And it's just an amazing uh place to come and uh, and enjoy uh, your morning coffee or your evening decaf or whatever yeah for sure so super cool start and he i decided that he wanted to bring another passion of his which is kind of the innovative side and like the roasting of it and so on the off season he spent time traveling the uh, pacific northwest and talking with like kind of the the founders of the modern modern coffee coffee culture um uh a guy named david schomer uh of espresso vivace and dr ernesto illy i don't know any of these people so apparently they're the uh the coffee the coffee lovers will know (laughs) oh yeah exactly and attended roasting workshops and uh, started like developing relationships with his suppliers as well and so his idea was uh that he was on the mission to provide like the best cup cup of coffee for his customers and so he stopped drinking coffee outside of the coffee that he was roasting so he could truly get it a, a flavor profile developed really like hone in the the roasting process wow. and then the cart reopened that year uh the the year after he kind of took a five month uh kind of journey and the same espresso blend is, is still on sale at cafe fantastico that he created himself which i found wow. just amazing so so cool um so when ryan turned 24 in 1998 Cafe Fantastico opened on Kings Road in Victoria, which is uh, just off of Quadra Street in a spot called Quadra Village. A pretty dense community. uh, Sorry, pretty densely populated community. Very smart people (laughs) live there. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, and um, a really cute part of the story is um, when it first opened, a few, a few, sorry, a few months after it opened, uh, Christy walked in and bought a $2 latte and Ryan obviously saw her come in and thought she was cute or something and so put a little heart on his latte and apparently that worked really well because Christy go out home and talk to her friend and say this is the guy I'm going to marry when I'm older and so that holy cow I know so now they are so they're married they have kids then they're now partners in uh uh in business together as well so such a cute little backstory of uh, Cafe Fantastico. Um, wow. When you look on the website as well, they have a blog and they can see like family photos of them traveling down to Guatemala, to Nicaragua, uh, to Peru, uh, and Mexico, uh, because they truly have a passion for supporting suppliers and farmers that do things the right way and uh, treat their employees well and have sustainable wages and provide other like financial infrastructure and uh, community-based things to the community that surround the farm. So the way they, they do business as well is that they operate outside of sea market pricing. And so what that means is they're able to buy beans and it doesn't like the farmers aren't affected by changes in the market. So this means that farmers uh, earn well above what the what the market would be and get a healthy, a sustainable way for them and their and their workers as well so um, right. every every cup of coffee you know the beans have come from a sustainable and well-run uh, farm that uh, that um, treats its uh, the community and its employees very very well which I think yeah. is really important yeah um, and amazing yeah uh, when you actually go into the into the cafe uh, it's a nice Nicely well lit, lots of windows, uh, very Pacific Northwest, so lots of natural wood. Uh, and you can see the kind of the bakery in the background. You can see people working there, creating like the the uh, pastries and and cooking the uh, breakfast food. And then you have all the like the beans and some uh, hard bar as well. And then the bar uh, the baristas are working behind the the cafe there, cooking up some wonderful coffee. We so my wife and I went there the other day. And they had, uh, she got a dirty chai latte, uh, like you did the other day. There you go. Because <laughs> you are the same person. And um, they asked me if it was okay that, because their chai blend is unsweetened. And I was like, I okay, that sounds great. Because uh, I'm not, uh, we're both not one for like super sweet um, coffee-based drinks. And um, my wife turned around after taking her first step and said, this is the best dirty chai latte I've ever had. And it was, it was so uh, delicious and just like very chai forward, but not, it tasted like the real herbs and, uh, and stuff that, that, that would be made in there without like all the added uh, sugar and stuff like that. So it was, it was amazing. Fantastic. So they really leaned on like the flavor profiles of it. Um, Within the location as well, they hold uh, town meetings as well. They hold uh, community events. There's local art shows there. They do so a very uh, community based and community forward uh, cafe that um, does amazing things for the community or the direct community around. Awesome. So they offer their coffee in a couple of different ways. So they do a blend different blends. Uh, but they also do single origin, which is really cool. So some of your blends obviously have different beans from different parts of the world to get a specific flavor. These ones are true and uh, from a very uh, from a single source. I found what I found really cool is when you uh, go onto the website and you open it up. Uh, for example, the uh, the Guatemalan Santa Clara State coffee bean. It actually has a blurb on like who the farmer is and also the the tasting notes, but also a bit on like the the heritage and the and the history of the farm that the beans came from, which I found very cool and just very um true to what they uh preach which is they really want to support the farming communities that the beans come from so i thought that was a really really cool touch and they obviously have developed a very very close relationship with the farmers that they buy their beans from so kudos to you ryan and uh, christy like you guys are doing things uh, a really cool way i've had a few breakfast items from there they had a, a special uh santa fe hash the other day and all the ingredients for the food are locally sourced and uh and it'll say like in the menus as well that 
Um, so they they have island chicken. They get their their potato buns from Wildfire Bakery, which is about a two minute drive down the road from the from the cafe. And then all their produce as well is is locally sourced, which is really cool. Something kind of unique with this cafe is they're open quite a bit later, and they actually offer uh, alcohol as well. So you can get uh, local beer, Perfect. wine, cider. They support local distilleries as well so sharingham's which we've talked a little bit about as more specifically their lumet non-alk hard bar and uh yeah really really neat one of their happy hour things is you can get a one liter mason jar of beer and your choice of a meat stick or roasted cashews for 15 bucks and like you just bring the the jar back when you're done and i i thought that was kind of a neat little uh take home thing you can do Yeah. So interestingly as well, over the last uh, decade or so, they've been able to expand as well. So they have a uh, a Tre Fantastico, which is a really small kind of like space within one of the hotels downtown. And so they serve the, their espresso and uh, all of your, their coffee drinks. It's a very intimate location and a very small there's really you can tell when you're walking in there you're meant to come in and enjoy some one-on-one time with your family over a cup of delicious coffee and some breakfast as well if you're if you're in the mood for it the other one is they have a fantastico bar deli which is on the other side of the downtown core uh, so this mainly showcases locally sourced charcuterie uh, meals and kind of a more restaurant feel to, uh, comparatively to the to the cafe and to the tray fantastico so they have like cartons of eggs you can buy from lo- locals you can they have deli uh, meats and stuff like that so very very cool uh, very modern uh, spot to, just to kind of sit and enjoy uh, some lovely local food and drink with your with whomever that's awesome mm-hmm. so yeah just a really cool experience it took me by surprise i don't know why i thought i had no reason to think it wasn't family owned there was it just never crossed my mind to that to look into this and i'm so glad that i did because it is such a such a cool and an amazing backstory to how this place became uh what it is today so yeah just that great organic growth exactly yeah absolutely if you're looking for a lovely breakfast and or a beautiful cup of coffee you can find uh, cafe fantastico at 965 kings road in victoria and if you're interested in the other locations the tray fantastico is located at the parkside hotel and that is located at 810 humboldt street and then the deli is located at 102395 harbor road in victoria awesome what a what a great story i agree hey you know i'm a sucker for a good story yeah <laughs> well that about wraps it up for this leg of our journey taste bc radio is recorded edited and produced by jeff wilson and me dan kavanaugh you can continue the journey and check out everywhere we talked about today in the show notes and our taste bc map make sure to follow us on taste bc radio on instagram and facebook and we'd love to have you join our community on patreon you can now also connect with us on untapped links are in the show notes tune in next time to find out what we will be tasting next and never miss an episode by subscribing on your podcast app in the meantime make sure to rate and review the show this really helps us grow and we really do appreciate the feedback until next time, support local and keep, keep it tasty. tasty. Nice. All right, Dan, I'm really wired after that episode. <laughs> <laughs> that episode gave me the jitters. <laughs> really had to grind that one out. <laughs> I can't believe how much you roast me on things I say. <laughs> I don't make fun of you that much. It's just a slow drip. <laughs> espresso me (laughs) and that's the end of that yeah (laughs)